I'm so excited to talk to you guys about today's sponsor, Pros. Pros is the custom beauty brand that is all over your feed. I had been wanting to try them for so long. And when I tell you guys that I put on my Instagram story that they were going to be sponsoring the podcast, I got so many genuine organic responses from my following of people being like, oh my God, I love Pros. I've been using it for years. So don't even just take it from me, but take it from the genuine people that reached out agreeing with me about how much they love Pros. And when Pros says custom, they actually mean it. Each and every bottle of Pros custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. One of the coolest parts of the questionnaire that I thought was they literally asked me about my location and my zip code so that they could understand how hard the water is here, what the UV index is like, if it's cold, if it's dry, and all of that goes into these truly personalized products. Pros even did a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, and Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. So try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering the Artie Friends listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros, P-R-O-S-E dot com slash Artie Friends. That's pros.com slash Artie Friends for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash Artie Friends. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. back to another episode of the Already Friends podcast. I'm Allison and Kara is still gone in Morocco. So I had the lovely pleasure of having my boyfriend Clay on. He's here in the studio with me. It is great to be here. Thank you for having me on. You're saying thank you to me, but I'm saying thank you to you. I was like, what do you need me to do that I can make up for making you be on the podcast? (laughs) Nothing. Okay. I love you. Thank you for coming on. Um, We were thinking of kind of structuring this podcast around like fitness, our fitness challenge that we've been doing, our relationship, loyalty, some like highs and lows of things we've gone through since we've started dating. What's it been? Oh, it'll be three years in August. Yeah. Mm -hmm. August 19th. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because your birthday is the 22nd. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how every year we have to think about that. Yes. I thought, I I feel like you guys know a lot about Clay from my perspective of things. So I just thought this would be funny to hear like Clay's side to some of these stories and like how we met and we can see if everything checks out all right, if I'm saying everything okay. So maybe do you want to start off um, by saying your first and last name, your age, what you do for a living, and then you can tell the story of like how we met and like rekindled. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, my name's Clay Fisher, Clayton Fisher, but I go by Clay. I am 26 years old. 
I got my accounting degree and I'm now. No, you're not 26. I feel like this is happening. Are you? No, No, you are 25. 25. (laughs) Trying to to pump those numbers up. (laughs) 25 years old. Um, I got my accounting degree at University of South Dakota. Uh, I was going to go study and be a CPA, but that changed. And now I'm working at Cuit Business Services um, in their accounts payable department. So, And you love it. I do love it. I had a stint that I worked with them before we went and did some other life activities and really didn't like it. But then we came back and I started up again and got a promotion. So doing a lot different work and definitely liking it a lot more now for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You're in a much more like mentally stimulating position with responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Doing actual fun things rather than just like an entry level mundane tasks over and over again. So it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that you suck it out with that job. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Give us the, the whole backstory of how we met and rekindled from your side of things. Ooh, the whole backstory. Well, we grew up literally maybe a quarter of a mile from each other. Uh, you lived right down the street from me, but somehow we never ever knew each other through going to middle school, elementary school until finally high school. And, you know, I think I just was like going for the older girls in high school or something because there was just something about this Allison Wedded girl. Like she was super good looking. The blonde hair always got me. You know, you were you're on the cross country team on the cross country team, like very fit, very active. And to be honest, I couldn't tell you like who initiated it when we were back in high school, but I think it was you. It would make sense because you know, you did that I'm the that second girl. time that we came yeah. back. Um <laughs> No. So we started dating and it was kind of short lived, you know, like it was definitely a good relationship. There was no bad aspects of it, but I think we can probably both agree that we look back and it's like, there wasn't also anything that was like super, super memorable of it. Like it was just a, a high school relationship, um, Absolutely. but it kind of like built the foundation, you know, because then we proceeded to not talk for five years And why I say that I think you probably initiated it back in high school is because then when we started talking again in college, you just Snapchatted me one day randomly. It's true. I did that. I was like really nervous when I first got it. I was just like, wait, like, how did that happen? I haven't even thought about this girl for the last five years, you know, but we dated. So I was like, okay, yeah, let's respond. Probably took a couple of days to respond because that's just me. But no, you responded immediately. That I, night. I did. Or if maybe I reached out before it was like a Wednesday, but I remember you responding on a Friday night. So there's a first for everything. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I just remember like had getting butterflies in my stomach because I don't I don't know if I had the exact thought or like knowledge that like, oh, I'm really excited for like this to become a relationship. But obviously like somewhere deep down internally, subconsciously, like that was there because I don't really get like nervous in a lot of those situations. But I definitely was kind you of were? Yeah. You never told me were. that. Well, That's cute. Now you know. I was like <laughs> like hyped when you responded because I was at the rail in Lincoln and I just went home. I was like, Oh my God, he responded. I started talking to him. So (laughs) funny that I responded first because we talked for how long it was like a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. And then you asked if you could come up and visit me, you know, Vermilion is only like two hours away. So it's a pretty easy weekend drive. And I think it was a Friday and we were in the middle of fall camp. And so for those who don't know, fall camp is like a nine to nine grind of practice, meetings, weightlifting, super packed schedule. For football. Yeah, for football. And then I just didn't respond until Sunday. And when I did respond, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like you probably think that I don't want to hang out with you. Not the case at all. Please, if you still want to come up, come up. We have tomorrow off. It's our, it's our off day. So please still come up. I would love you to. And I was like, there's no way she's going to respond. Absolutely not. She's like, wow, I just put myself out there and, and he just ghosted me. F this guy. <laughs> 
but lo and behold, you said, yeah, that works. And you came up on Monday and then you proceeded to stay until Wednesday. I came up on Sunday night. Was it Sunday night? Mm -hmm. And then you said you had the first day of class on Monday, Monday. Yeah. Yeah. So then you stayed until Wednesday and then ended up going home and then you were back up on Friday night for the weekend. Mm -hmm. No, I think I only went home Thursday because your birthday was Wednesday. Mm Mm-hmm. Sorry. I feel I'm not trying to like overcorrect you. I just, um, I'm a girl and we look at dates and I just know these things, Yeah, but that's why I stayed till Wednesday. Cause it was your birthday. Okay. And then I went home Thursday cause there was some event at Barry's that I had to be there for. And then I came back Friday cause it was the first football game. Had to be there. Of course. I trust your recollection much more than I trust mine. So, but overall I feel like that's the same story. And then, yeah, we just decided we were dating, I guess. Uh, I think you decided yeah. we were dating okay, and yeah. I was like, <laughs> okay, cool. I'll go along with it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That is what happened. I just started telling people he was my boyfriend and I don't know, I guess you just accepted. I mean, I was obviously okay with it. And then I think that once I noticed that you were just calling me your boyfriend, I was like, okay, well, she's my girlfriend. I guess. And to put it on the record still, no, I think I did actually. This was like a year and a half after the fact we were having the conversation and it was like, we'd never actually like official, I never officially asked you out. Like, would you be my girlfriend? Uh, Yeah, that was definitely a thing. Cause there was some, something on TikTok or something on Instagram of people being like, did your boyfriend actually ask you to be their, your girlfriend? And I was like, no, that never happened. So I'm like, for all we know, we're actually not dating. Yeah. (laughs) And then we were like out to eat somewhere. Yeah. We were totally joking. uh, I made a childish gesture and I was like, will you be my girlfriend? No. You said yes. Goodbye. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) We're dating. No, but yeah. So that was pretty much all fall. I was living in Omaha and just coming up to see you and go to your football games pretty much every Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then you got the internship in Rapid City. So then Clay was really far away, like eight or nine hours from yeah, Omaha. Yeah, it was like eight and a half. And so we had to do distance for basically that spring semester. And I've kind of touched on this before where that's where I started to be like, I don't remember what this guy is like. I, I haven't seen him in so long. I was like nervous to like re-see you. And I think it was when I was in Rapid City is that that's when the longest period that yeah, we went of not I mean. seeing each other. Yeah. Oh yeah. When you were in Vermilion, I don't think we ever went more than like a week. Yeah. But yeah, when you were up in Rapid City, we would like FaceTime a little bit, but our schedules were so different and you were like obviously really committed. It was tax season. You're really committed to that internship and going to bed early, getting up early. And I was kind of doing the opposite. And so remember when you came down for Valentine's Day? I did. And I surprised you and I didn't tell you that I was coming. And then you had a dinner with one of your best friends who was in town for like hadn't seen her in three years. And that was the time that you guys were going to go out to dinner. And I was just like, surprise. And that's when I figured out that you don't, don't like surprises. surprises. <laughs> yeah. I don't like surprises. Cause I'm like, well, obviously when I hang out with you, like you're here, but then I, I just felt bad. Yeah. Eight hour drive. And I think when I get there, like two in the morning, yeah. I had to work the full day yeah. and then I left the office at like six o'clock. Yeah. Surprise. Surprise. No, but I, I have said on a different episode, I'm like, I think that literally saved our relationship because I was like, okay, before when you were in school, I was always the one that was like having to go the extra mile and mm-hmm. I was having to drive and make the commitment. And obviously you couldn't, like you were in school and had football and practice every day. So it's not like you could ever come see me, but it was like nice to have that reassurance from my side of things. Like, oh, he's actually as serious about this as I am. Like, yeah. it's not just me always being the one. Yeah. I grew a lot during that internship in Rapid City, like personally too. I think I just made like the conscious decision that this relationship was something that I, I really saw going somewhere. Obviously I, I wanted to make a gesture to be like, no, I really care about you. And then we went on the road trip and that's when everything really yeah, locked that was, in. That was the turning point. Mm-hmm. You know, 
it was 27 days, right? Yeah. yeah. And we were in the car. I don't think we spent, we literally didn't spend a minute apart from each other. Actually, no, we had four hours apart in New York. I went to that wine tasting uh, with Kara right, and you had that right. dinner with Ryan. And we were like, oh my God, we have, it was probably like 23 days at that point. We were on the subway and <laughs> I got off first or you got off first. One of us got off first and it was just like, wait, this is, this is I, don't, I don't like this very much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was, it was really sad. And then they, I don't know, Karen ended up going and doing something with their friend. Ryan went back to his hotel and I like called him and I was like, okay, do you want to like go hang out more? <laughs> yeah. And then we proceeded to have a, a, a night a on the town. A night on the town. <laughs> oh yeah. It was bad. We stayed out till four or five in the morning. I think it was more like six. Well, to the bar, we like we were uh, at the bars yeah. until bar close at four or five. And then Clay and I are like getting street food and we're in the subway and we're on this platform for probably like a good hour. Like, why isn't our subway coming? And we're just stuffing our face with cheese. It's being so obnoxious. There's a TikTok somewhere. And after a while, we're like, wait, our subway is like four platforms across. So instead of being, you know, intelligent beings that would go up the stairs, back down and around, we ran across the tracks. Okay, guilty. That was totally my idea. (laughs) You did say like, no, let's just walk up. And I was like, absolutely not. There's not a soul down here right now. Like we're jumping over these tracks. And there's like how many people that die in the subway every year from doing that? Yeah, but that's also like during the day. Well, I think there there was significantly less trains traveling, but I ripped my pants. Do you remember that? You bruised the heck out of your thigh, your thigh shin. (laughs) Yeah. You just bruise easily. Yeah. Yep. And then we went back to Kara's and that was, that's a whole other story. Yeah. yeah. But you and and Kara can talk about that on a later (laughs) episode. Sorry, Kara. Uh, No, I feel like we just have to say it. I'll, I'll say it super fast. So basically we are up in her apartment, but Kara had actually left that morning to go to Ohio and her new, it was the end of the month. I think it was like May 31st at this point. So her new, her old roommate had moved out and her new roommate was moving in and we were supposed to be gone by this point, but we were like morbidly hungover. So we were in this bedroom and Kara's new roommate <laughs> comes to the apartment and we're just there hungover, sleeping on the ground because there was no bed because that person had just moved out. And then we had to obviously leave and it was so embarrassing. Most embarrassing moment of my life. Literally knocked when I opened the door to our bedroom. I knocked and I said, hi, I promise we're not homeless people. So just don't do that. If you're ever staying in your friend's apartment in New York, don't do that. I know. Thanks, Kara, for still being friends with us. You're a real one. Amen to that. (laughs) I actually had anxiety for a long time. I was like, she probably hates us. But anyway, so that road trip really got to know each other, spend time with each other around the clock. We had no fights that whole time. No, not one actually. And that really was, that's why it was the turning point. Cause I was like, I don't think that even if you're going to be a couple that gets along really, really well on a consistent basis, like, I don't know. I just feel like there's very few couples that could spend literally 28 days straight in a car with each other and in not a get in a single fight. And that's not just driving a car. That's sleeping in a car, <laughs> changing your clothes out of the car, eating in the car, showering at truck, stops. at truck stops. Like, yeah, we really got to know each other on a way more intimate basis. But like that was probably the most fun trip that I've ever been on with anybody. Yeah. Including you. It was we've a done blast. some pretty cool trips. Yeah. I think we, it was just young and free because that was right when you had graduated mm-hmm. and I had just quit rural G. So we didn't have any like crushing things to like come back for or that were weighing us down. Yeah. yeah it was just like a nice blissful youth trip. Absolutely. The good old days. It was beautiful. 
But then after that, let's quit our jobs and go do it again. We've already done that once or twice now. (laughs) (laughs) So then that summer, Clay moved into my apartment that was in the old market since he had moved back from South Dakota. And this is kind of where we wanted to talk about how we started like planning for our futures together, which was probably the most challenging part of our relationship then. Yeah. Because we had that like honeymoon ish stage on that road trip in that summer. And then it was like, okay, well, where are we going to live? What are we going to be doing for a living? Like, where are we going to get jobs? And we both had very different dream lives, I would say. Yeah. And I think like it's once you start living with your significant other that you really start to like truly think about those, you know, they're no longer just like fleeting shower thoughts. They're, they're like hardcore. You're waking up every single morning and going to bed every single morning with each other every night. So like you're forced with making those thoughts. So we were forced to have those decisions. And that's when we really were like, wait, we're pretty different in terms of what our interests lie in the geographic location that we want to live, the jobs and careers and like what that work-life balance consists with those. And yeah, we just kind of like, we're sitting there scratching our heads, like majorly scratching our heads. We how had are we so make this many work? conversations, like long, long hours of just being like, like I wanted to move to probably like New York or Chicago. Clay was like, Montana. Yeah. In the mountains somewhere. Like I wanted to live as secluded a living condition as possible. And you wanted to live in Brooklyn, the (laughs) most people that could be around Yeah, for a square mile. And I wanted to be like a travel blogger or like a freelance designer. And you were like, no, I want a steady salaried nine to five. And, oh, I guess we even kind of forgot to say he did get a job offer from the internship in Rapid City. Mm -hmm. And then he did turn it down so he could stay with me in Omaha. Remember that? Yeah. You were like, I got the job offer. And I was like, that's great. You should take it. And you were like, do you want to move with me? And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not moving to Rapid City, South Dakota. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's not an option then. And I was like, yeah, it was so sweet. And I was like, no, I'll do distance. Like I want you to have that. And (sighs) yeah. No, distance. It just wouldn't work for me. I wanted to be close to you. And it was so cute. And it's worked out for the best. It has worked out for the best. Yes. And I think what we realized through all of that is that we just wanted to be together. Mm -hmm. Despite like different job opportunities, despite dreams that we had prior to getting to know each other, because obviously we both, we met when we were both like in our senior year of college. So of course, prior to meeting, we had visions in our head of what our life would be like separately. And then coming together and being like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, how am I supposed to do what I've been wanting? to do and how are you supposed to do what you've been wanting to do yeah it was like a hard realization for both of us but at every step of the way we were it was a realization that like we knew we had to make and it took it was like a rocky patch you know because we had to work through that we had to become okay with that within our own internal minds but at every step of the way like it wasn't ever dynamic of like well maybe i'm gonna go focus and do my life like and not do this relationship like at every step of the way we were both so adamant about being like no the most important thing is you in my life like Mm -hmm. everything else comes secondary and even that doesn't make those things not important, but the first primary focus has always been each other. And it's been, you know, a testament of like the, the foundational building block of our relationship. If you would ask me, I agree. And I had never really had a relationship like that before where I was so Either willing to give up all of my, not, I don't want to phrase it as like giving up what I wanted to do, but it was like, I knew that I wouldn't be happy, like breaking up with clay and then going and being a travel blogger because I would have just missed him. And I even know like, yeah, maybe we could have been together later in life, but I was like, no, I want to be with this guy right now. Like the, our charisma was so strong together. Like I'm so happy with you. We like get along so well. And I just, all of those things kind of went out the window. Yeah. And I think the coolest part too, is that we didn't make each other make any compromises. Like we both yeah, yeah. made compromises for the other individual because we wanted to, but we were never asked by each other to make compromises. You know, like when we were looking at moving to New York, like I didn't want to go to move, move to New York. That's for yeah. sure. But it was like, okay, 
okay, well that we have, we can't take that off the table. Like I know that you really wanted to do that. And I was like, well, it's not the end of the world. Like there could be worse situations that we do. So like I went and was looking for a job in New York. Like we Mm -hmm. made steps to try and go do that, you know, like ghost with you, you have never once been like, yeah, the dog's kind of a no go for me, even though like from your allergies to every dynamic of like never having a big dog in the house, like very justified, I guess, in quotations to say like, well, it's either the dog or or me, you know? And I think there's a lot of people in a relationship that would do that, but like we've never once given ultimatums and we've always been willing to sacrifice not a hundred percent to the other person, but through communication and Mm -hmm. talking about things, we've been able to find a middle ground. And sometimes that middle ground is more beneficial to you and less to me. And then other times it's more beneficial to me and less to you. So just like being able to find that middle ground has been something that like we've definitely been able to capitalize on. And it's been a long way to get here for sure. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it all stems from just communication is the baseline of it really. Yeah. the I'm glad you said the part about ultimatums because that is one thing from like day one that we said to each other is that we will never give an ultimatum in this relationship. I'm pretty sure I said something along the lines of you of like the day that you give me an ultimatum is the day that we actually stop dating. Yeah, because that's just like not taking that person's livelihood and feelings and emotions into consideration at all to give anyone an ultimatum in any sort of way. Yeah, it's like, oh, you care about me so much, but you don't care about me enough to like to make it let me do something that that happens. Like, yeah, yeah. Unconditional love with this one condition. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. And I agree. The times that we've had, you know, difference of opinions on things, it wasn't, it's never been like, you have to think this way. It's like, well, I'm kind of going to do this thing. And if you like can get on board with it, like, that's great. Yeah. (laughs) And it's never been like an over the night decision. Like we haven't come to that middle ground. Like it's been some rocky like difficult patches of like days, weeks to work through where it's like constantly trying different things back and forth before mm-hmm. we like actually find the, you know, that happy medium that works. So I don't want anybody to think that it was just like, oh, you think A and I think B and we're just going to meet right in the middle right away. And that's great. Like, no, absolutely hasn't worked that way. And it wasn't like we were fighting over our differences. I think we were both just really like sad. It was more just coming to terms with me being like, okay, well, I'm not moving to Amsterdam right now. or I'm not moved to New York. So it wasn't like we were like yelling at each other or anything like that. We would just lay on the floor and like hug each other and be like, but I love you. Yeah. And I also want to do the things I want to do, but I love you. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was like that conversation that we had in our first apartment, which actually said it was your apartment and I just moved in. Like I was never co-signed on the lease or anything like that. But it was when we were laying in bed and man, it was just like a raw, real experience where we were just like snuggling with each other, looking up at the ceiling and both of us were like kind of speechless. And it was just like, how, how are we going to make this work? Like every single dynamic of both of our lifestyles are going in polar opposite directions. And if you're looking at this from the surface, like 10 out of 10 people would say, yeah, you two are not going to work together. Like I had so many people in my family and friends that were just like, you know, you got to do what's best for you. And like, yeah, if it's not so going to work, then it's not going to work. And every single time I told him, I was just like, fuck you, honestly, for telling me that. Cause what's most important to me is her and not even to prove you wrong, but like, no, there's nothing, there's nothing that's going to make me not choose her. Like I'm willing to sacrifice just about anything in order to keep this relationship going. Cause it's a beautiful thing. And all else is just not, not as important as what this is here now. So yeah, all those people, I was just like, no, you can go to hell. I'm I'm not going to listen to you. And if you say that to me again, then I'll say it to your face. You can go to hell. It was my uncle, actually. He said it one time and I was just like, uh, yeah, you're wrong. And at Kiwi, all your like coworkers were like, uh, I think you need to find a new girlfriend. I was like, uh, I think you need to stop talking to me right now. <laughs> 
but people were saying that to me too, you know, like, cause people want you to only do what you want to do and not take the other person into consideration. And I'm so glad we stuck it out because now we've been able to create like such a good life together. And I feel like we, we haven't had a conversation like that in like a year. No. Mm-mm. Like we're both very happy in our careers, like very happy in our living situation, like I in our routines and our day to day. But yeah, it just like took time to like fine tune all of that. Mm-hmm. And I loved the part that you said about like having a beautiful relationship. And I think that comes from our insane respect for each other and the loyalty that we've given to each other, like since day one, Mm -hmm. like from the beginning, you know, we had both been in relationships prior where like there was like cheating or like just like malicious intent and bad things. And I think we both were just so exhausted from having relationships that like weren't it that we were just like, no, this time around, like we're going to do it right. And I'm going to respect this person and love them up and hype them up and be extremely loyal. And that's, yeah. that's what it is. Be, be dedicated to each other, you know, which is, I mean, this is the first time that I've been more dedicated to the relationship than like dedicated to myself essentially. Cause like it is, it's the most important thing I think. And once you find that relationship that like means that much to you, it's no longer like, what can I do for myself? It's like, what can I do for this relationship? Like it really becomes a 50, 50 thing. And mm-hmm. like, we're not married yet, you know, obviously that's going to happen down the road. Like I, there's, there's a hundred percent chance in my mind. I think I told you this before with like a previous girlfriend. If I thought that I was going to marry her cause I was young and stupid and didn't know what I really thought for myself, people would ask like, well, do you think you're going to marry this girl? And I was just like, you know, I can't say I'm a hundred percent going to marry her because I can't be a hundred percent positive about everything, but I'm 99.9% sure that I'm going to marry her. And this time around when somebody asked me that, I'm just like, you know, I used to say this, that I wouldn't say a hundred percent, but I'm completely revoking that comment. Cause I'm a hundred percent positive that I'm going to marry this girl. I don't know when it's going to be, but, but someday I think we're okay with that because we both yeah. talked about it. And it's just like, it's just a title that changes. Like, yeah, we're not going to act differently, differently. To, to each other. Yeah. I feel we're like we're already, way. we already have a joint banking account. Now we literally do all of our finances together. We pay for each other's things all the time. Yeah. We're extremely committed. Like that can come someday when we decide that we're ready for that. But I don't think any of us have, either of us have placed any pressure around. No. That. And that's the best thing about it. Obviously like getting a ring is a financial investment investment. Yeah. yeah. Words have been hard for me on this Wednesday and it's just really nice not having that thought like constantly. I don't know. Some girl I've seen relationships where yeah. the girl's just like, when are you going to get a ring? When are you going to get a ring? When are you going to get a ring? It's going to happen. Just stop yeah, be patient. pushing me. Come on. <laughs> yeah. But it's cool because we're going to get a house before that happens, I think. I'm yeah, probably. positive we'll do that. But because like, that's I way cooler. What we've talked about is like, we have our whole life to be married. Like we already know we're going to be together till the day we die. Yeah. So like why change, go through all of this like pain and financial burden and all of this just to change the title when we've already made the commitment and have some things like if we say, if we buy a house, like that's going to benefit us like right now. Yeah. And I don't know. I One thing that a lot of people have asked about is like moving in together, like premarital. And I don't think that that was an issue for either of us. Like neither of our parents like had anything to say about that. No, like you just said that. And I was like, oh yeah, it was never even a thought. I guess it's a thought for a lot of couples, but I don't know. I guess they just never even made any reference or question of concern towards that. And I guess if they did, it would have been like, well, I don't live under your house anymore, so I can do whatever I want. Yeah. I'm trying to think of any other things that there were like hurdles at the beginning or. No, we haven't really had very many hurdles, but I've had a ton of growth, like things that have only been able to happen solely because I've been dating you, you know? Do you want me to start or do you want to start? 
Go for it. Oh, cool. Hype um, it up. Tell me how great of a girlfriend I am. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so you're an amazing girlfriend. Oh, thank you. You're yeah. an amazing boyfriend. The best way which you have helped me grow has been communication. That's a fact. Uh, the reason that we're so strong in our relationship is because communication. And the reason that my previous relationships were awful was because I am arguably one of the worst communicators on the planet coming and surprising you of Valentine's day. Like didn't communicate to you at all. Didn't even think about it. Things like that. Just not a good communicator, but now like you Or just, when you would go like silent for four days on me in college. Yeah. Yeah. That, that type of stuff. <laughs> I just- I don't know. I, I'm a very like live in the moment type of guy. Mm -hmm. And I never was like thinking about how communicating to somebody else, like the effect that it has on their day, on their processes, on, on, on how they're going to schedule their time. Um, that's really important. Like having compassion in towards another individual and thinking about them is just something that I never did. And you've helped me so much just in terms of like understanding that that's a very important aspect of, of a day-to-day -day life and a day-to-day -day routine, not just in our relationship, but with work, with coworkers, with parents, with family, everything. And I'm a better man for it. hundred percent. I used to be terrified of having hard conversations with people. And now I just view them as necessary, like a conversation at work or something that like you can't make it to a friend's wedding or something. And mm -hmm. it's like previously I would just push and push and push and push and push. And then I just get more and more and more and more stressed. Well, that's stupid. That's like a, an endless circle. And you helped me realize that. So that's definitely been the way that you've helped me grow the most. Yeah. You've grown a lot in that. Like before it was like pulling teeth to get play to like send a text back. He'd always just call and not even like right away. Like I would just be like, Hey, like, let's say for example, I'm going to the grocery store. Like, what do you want? Just wouldn't answer. So then either I'd like, you know, buy other things that he like didn't end up wanting or whatever. And then he would like call me and I'm like, well, I'm already on my way home now. And just like weird little things like that, that like not, it wasn't like a huge deal, but it was just little things. And now you're so good. You reply right away. And that makes me so happy that you said that. Yeah. You're really good now. And I feel like <laughs> you. even your friends and family have probably noticed a huge shift because people use like his friends would message me or his mom would message me and be like, blah, blah, blah. Can you tell Clay to do this? And like, <laughs> <laughs> because he did. And I would be like, dude, I am not your babysitter. Like call your mom. <laughs> yeah. There's never anything personal. I was just no. terrible at it. But it truly is because you are so present in the moment. And that is one thing that you have taught me so much. Like I would say I was really bad about being present, like being able to just be in a dinner and not worry about all of the things that needed to get done or like all of the emails that need answered or all of this stuff. And like, I just was always rushing, rushing, rushing. And I'm definitely still working on that, but you are just so present that it's so cute and so sweet. Like you would never just like pull your phone out while you and I are doing something and just like scroll on your phone for hours. Never, or even like minutes. Yeah, I don't like, I don't like when that happens. No. And so I think the, that's why people love you so much is because you're so charismatic and you're so invested and you're like a great listener. You make great eye contact. Like you're just very genuine the whole time. And so like, that's why you're not answering is because you're like invested in what you're doing. Or if you're doing a project or you're working, you're just thinking about it and doing a good job. And so it wasn't like your communication was bad because you, you know, like didn't want to talk to those people. You're just living in the moment. That's me. That's well, that you. makes me so happy that we obviously both know that we've rubbed off on each other and helped each other grow, but it's great just hearing those, you know? Yeah. You also 
taught me a lot about loyalty. And I feel like me saying that, that's going to make me sound like I was like super unfaithful or something like that. It wasn't really that. I just didn't understand the depths of what like loyalty really meant aside from just being like faithful in like a bedroom type of way, like and being like, no, I'm not going to ever like talk bad about you to like anyone. Like you're my partner, you're my team. Like we're one. Why would I say bad things to you about you to my friends or my family? Because I wouldn't want you like saying a bunch of bad stuff to your family. And I just really think that comes so much from your upbringing. Like your parents have been married for how long? I think they're... I think 36. I was going to say 30. I I think it's in the 30s. And your grandparents were like, everyone was basically like a high school sweetheart, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Dad's parents would have been this year would have been their 50th, I want to say. Okay. And then mom's parents are at like, I think they just had like their 48th. It's crazy. Long time. And then your parents met when they were how old? I'm not even going to answer that because I'm terrible and don't know. But very, very young. Middle school. Yeah. And then Ryan and Ange met also like- High school. Yep. And Sean Sean and Haley Haley were high school. And then Cole and Paige were college. College. Mm -hmm. And we were high school, college. High school slash college. I just feel like- that goes to show like how your parents really taught you guys like such good values. Like you and your three brothers, just such good men and very dedicated and really treat the woman in their life very, very well, which stems, you know, from the top, like your grandparents and your dad. And my love my parents to death. Absolutely. But my parents did get divorced and I don't have any older siblings. And uh, we live in Nebraska and my extended family lives in like Kansas and South Dakota. So I just didn't have like a ton of, you know, like relationships like that, that that had stayed together for tens of years. And so coming into your family, I was just like, wow, like I'm so thankful to be a part of this family and admire so much how committed everyone has been to their relationships and putting family first. And I definitely have you to thank for that because I don't know, I hadn't really understood the magnitude of what it meant to be in a committed, loyal relationship like that. Well, you definitely came with, so all of my family lives in Omaha minus cousins on my dad's side that live in the twin cities area and some cousins on my mom's side, but like immediate family, 95% of us are all here in Omaha. So you came into something where it was like, we do so much and I love doing all of it, but like, <laughs> there's oh always gosh, an event, always yeah. an event. Yes. So it was like probably really overwhelming for you. And I appreciate you putting forth the effort to want to go to those events as well as like being okay with going to those events, you know, cause we, it was so, 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 so uneven in terms of <laughs> yeah. what we did with my family and what we did with your family. Oh my gosh. And like super unfair. Yeah. Oh my, I think the first year, what did I go to? Like 65 things for your family and mine was Something like four. crazy. It yeah. was like, yeah, so different. And we had that conversation and we talked about it and like we evenly split it out now. But <laughs> yeah. what always I've, I've loved so much is that with my family and those family get togethers, like they're very extended and it's something where it's like, if we're doing Christmas, it's like, okay, we show up for Christmas at 11 AM. And it's like, sometimes we don't leave until like 7 PM. It's like, that is a long day and I love it. I love seeing everybody and we always have a great time, but like, that's really long where like when you would hang out, I, it's just so amazing. The, the relationship that you have, like both with your dad and that, and that side of your family as, as well as with your mom. And you know, every time that you get together, it's so intentional 
and so meaningful and so purposeful. You don't need to say like the, we had a good day because we spent seven hours with each other. Like what we could get value wise from seven hours, you could get in two hours. And that's not because like you didn't want to hang out. It was just like, you're so excited to hang out. And I think like on your family, you have a way more understanding of respecting other people's time. I think, really. yeah, my family, we're all very independent. And that's something that we came into this relationship with, which was something else I wanted to talk about. Like me, my mom, my dad, and my sister are all very independent people. Like we all do our own thing. We all are involved in our own stuff. Like we definitely support each other and love each other, but like, we're not calling each other up every day all the time. And like, we'll see each other and we see each other, but no one's like stressed out about it. Yeah. And then, yeah, coming into your family where there's like three events a week, I'm like, whoa, this is so different. Yeah. But I feel like that's, we killed that conversation, but, um, with our independence, like even you and I have so much independence in our relationship. Like for mm-hmm. example, like Clay and I go to the gym almost every night, but if we go, we never, ever drive together. We both drive our cars or talk with each other while we're yeah. there or work out together. Nope. Like, we're in the same building, but not doing anything together. Like maybe we give a fist bump. I mean, or, I, I mean, I definitely stare at you. Well, that's fine. I stare at you too. Out of the corner of my eye. Um, <laughs> Oh my gosh. The other day, this guy this is such a dumb story. He like gave me a high five and I like went over to Clay and I was like, I'm sorry. I gave that guy a high five. And he's like, Oh, that's my buddy. And I'm like, what? We have buddies at the gym now. Like <laughs> I have one buddy at the gym. No, but Otherwise I, just, I don't talk to people. I didn't know. I felt so bad. I was like, I promise I wasn't flirting. He put his hand down. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I love that about you so much though. I can't tell you the number of times that like if you were out with some of your girlfriends and it was like, Oh my, you, you like come home like, Oh my gosh, this guy tried to hit on me at the bar. And I just started talking you up. I was like, I actually have this amazing boyfriend and he treats me so well. And just please get away from me because I don't even want to talk to you. And I'm always just like, you're so amazing. Like, yeah, that has definitely happened. One time we were at Raskeller and this guy was coming on to me and I just started showing him all these pictures of Clay. And then Clay walked in the door and the guy was just like, oh, and then he went up to Clay and was like, hey man, you want to be friends? And I had told Clay that this guy was doing that. Yeah. And Clay was like, no, you literally just tried to like steal my girlfriend. (laughs) Yeah. I think no. I said, I'm normally not a confrontational person, <laughs> but I was just really rubbed the wrong way by that guy. So yeah. You, no, you can't do that. No, no. get away. <laughs> and that's another way I think I really knew this is dumb. But before when I used to get really drunk, I, my brain would kind of think that I was more single and be more flirtatious. Mm-hmm. And now when dating Clay, I'm literally more obsessed with him. I just start showing people photos of Clay at the bar and being like, to just start talking about you and texting you and being like, I just love you so much. And yeah, that's how I think I also know because I go all in on the, the drunk ooze of love to you. It's very cute. <laughs> you could never, you could never rub off on me too much like that. <sighs> Unless well, it's like four o'clock in the morning and you're trying to call me. Yeah. But you pick me up, but now we're not drinking. So this is actually, this is a great segue Yeah, it is into this little challenge that we've been doing. So Clay being that he played college football, high school football, all the sports, baseball, you're a very, come from a very active family. Mm -hmm. You're very active, probably throughout your years worked out six days a week, like the last four, five. Oh, okay. But really that's it. Yeah. Got to have off days. Oh, okay. Not only, but just for you. Uh, But even I feel like on your off days, you're still like very active walking, stretching all that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that was something that Clay definitely brought to the relationship. Like, I mean, you mentioned earlier, I did cross country track, basketball, softball, soccer, but post-college I would only, I really only stuck with like running. I never was really lifting Mm -hmm. or doing hit workouts or anything like that. And so Clay had all this experience around like 
true fitness. And then my side of things was more being like healthy in either like the kitchen, I would say, or like yeah, responsible well, with weekend activities. You're so revolving around like health from a holistic standpoint, like feeding the nutrients into my body that are, that are good for me, like promoting vitality stretching, you know, things like that. Whereas I, you say I'm more into true fitness. I I have to make a disclaimer. Like, no, true fitness is what you make it. I go and lift at the gym that just because I lift weights doesn't mean it's true fitness. You know, if you love walking and you go for walks every single day, then that's true fitness. Uh, So just a a side note, true fitness is, is what you make it. That's a good point. But I was the same person that I would go hit a workout for two hours and then I'd come home and I'd smoke a joint or I'd drink three 7% IPAs. Like, no, well, you're just counteracting everything that you just did in the gym. Like, so really I would say that you like from a health standpoint, like we're definitely further along the echelon than I was, you know, like it's all great that I go and lift at the gym, but the time that I spend at the gym is a fraction of my day. And if you're spending the rest of your day doing non health adding things, then oh, this is not doing very much for you. You're going more negative than you are positive from the time at the gym. Yeah. We just have like totally different mindsets around it. Cause I wasn't as good at actually working out and moving my body, but I would like eat cleaner. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really have like that much of a sweet tooth. I would say no um, chocolate. I mean, yeah. it's about the only thing for you. And just being, I'm a little more like go, go, go throughout the day. Mm-hmm. I would say like in the evenings, I'm not even, I couldn't watch movies endlessly or just lounge all night, which also it's different because you were like grinding at a desk all day. And I kind of had more freedom throughout my day, mm-hmm. but we kind of took our different strengths around like health and wellness. And yeah. we're like, how can we help each other out and hold each other accountable in ways? Like maybe the other person like struggles. Mm-hmm. And so we came up with a challenge where we would be sober, do like substantial physical exercise every day. Mm-hmm. And for my diet, I was like, I'll go vegan. And then you said- I was going to cut candy and like candy and fast intense food. Intense sweets. Yeah, yeah. Candy and fast food or like donuts. Yeah. Like it's not like, like you're fine to have, you know, agave in a smoothie, but you're like, I'm not going to eat chocolate cake type yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like processed um, sweets. Yeah. And this was like kind of inspired by the 75 hard- was where we started with it. And then we both were like, is that really going to help us get to where we want to go? All of this happened after we bought our cars and we were like, okay, we bought those. Now our bills are going to be increasing. How can we like, I don't know, walk the talk, I guess, and like be responsible adults here. And we were like looking through our bank statements of where we spent all the money. And we're both like bar, food, bar. I was disgusted. (laughs) I had forgotten about it. And you just reminded me. And I am equally as disgusted now. It was terrible. I mean, just the amount of money that we spent on pointless stuff. Well, because we'd go to pitch- And we would like, you know, it's already an expensive restaurant. So our food tab would be like 40, but then we would each drink three $12 cocktails. And we're like, okay, it was a Monday night and I would just spent $150 on dinner. Yeah. And it was like, we were able to do that because like, like I didn't have a car payment and we were very on the shallower end of like what our monthly expenses actually were. So we had more financial freedom to do those sort of things. But then when we got the car, like that's what stemmed the initial idea. At least for me, I was like, I'm going to have to budget. Like, otherwise, like I'm going to default on my loan, literally, if I don't start start budgeting better. And then that was when we noticed like, okay, where are expenses going to the most? And it was all value detracting activities, Mm -hmm. drinking, eating fast food. Like I was going and golfing four times a weekend, all unnecessary purchases. And so thankfully we had that like cataclysmic moment of having new car payments that we were like, okay, what are we going to do here? 
Yeah. And the budgeting is really what made us cut back, but- From the 75 hard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Cause we like, were why? originally like, I think I said it, you had always talked about the 75 mm -hmm. hard and doing it. And I was like, I just really don't think I want to do that. And then I was like, I have to budget. And I was like, what's the best way to do it? We'll do the 75 hard. And mm -hmm. that way you have to force yourself to spend less money essentially. But then we were like looking at it and some of the dynamics of like drink a gallon of water a day, two workouts, one outside. And it was just like, okay, how about we like, retract this, this and look goals? at it? And yeah, let's, let's, let's make this challenge. That's going to be like a good challenge, but also be the most benefit to us. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we kind of like cut some things out, added some things in, made it like our own personal challenge. Yeah. And having the other person has made it so much better. Yeah. I definitely think we hold each other accountable every day, but I don't really even think we say anything to each other. Mm -mm. We're not like, oh, go work out. Or like, why are you eating that? Like, I think it's just knowing that someone else is aware you're trying to do those things, like stops me from even wanting to do it. Yeah. Like there's a bottle of wine on top of the fridge. It's been half open and I haven't been tempted to drink it at all. No. And there's, I don't know. It's just because I know that you would be like, wait, why are you having a glass of wine? Like yeah. there's someone there to keep you in check. Well, we definitely have like had moments, you know, where it's been like, I mean, I, I failed on the first day, you know, I went and hit a bong on literally day one of the challenge and was so mad at myself for it. But yeah. I feel like we need to tell the story. So I'm like, I'm like at home, Jordan and I are hanging out and Clay comes home and just like immediately admits this is day one. Yeah. His day one disgusted with myself. And I look at him and I was like, okay, team, thanks. How yeah. am I supposed to do this? Like glad we're doing a challenge together where nobody else wants to do it. That's how you, that's actually how you word it. It's burned into my brain. And he was like, well, I'm going to go to bed. And I was like, cool. <laughs> but I'm happy I said it because old me would have yes. just felt really guilty and then not said it. And you would have figured it out somehow because mm -hmm. all females always figure it out to any guy who's listening out there. Don't lie to your girlfriend because they will figure it out. And even though it might suck and be a shitty conversation <laughs> to have, it's easier than if you don't tell them and they figure it out. Side note. Yeah. Cause then we didn't fight about it. I was just like, well, that was no, like you're obviously, yeah, it was more annoyed, annoyed and disappointed in me. And like, I was annoyed and disappointed with myself. Cause I was like, really the purpose of this challenge is like to exercise discipline in your day-to-day -day life. Like we could all use better discipline. I was like, sweet man, you failed on day one to like to the substance and the point of the challenge. That's like where you, where I need the most discipline was like smoking weed. Always, always have done it. Knew that it's not good for me, not healthy for me. It detracts from my productivity, everything, bad memory when I'm on it. And I failed day one. And I was like, that's not okay. That's not cool. And you like were able to let me know that that's how you felt too, without like Berating getting all you. up in my face and being mad about it. Yeah. And then the next morning he was like, yeah, I messed up. And I'm just mad at myself. He was like, yeah, I mean, you, you were like, I'm sorry for doing that. But I, he, yeah, you said like, I'm just more upset with myself. Yeah, I think I wrote you a note and I was just like, I'm telling you this not because like, I think that you're mad at me and I'm once I'm like saying this so you feel better and apologize. Like I'm more just putting these words out. So like I have them as well. Like I more wrote this for myself because I'm really annoyed with myself. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely pushed me. Like I haven't had a desire to ever since then, really. Yeah. I almost think it had to happen that first day yeah. for you to just be like, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give in anymore. Mm -hmm. And now we just finished one month mm -hmm. and I don't know through that though, if there were really any hard moments, I mean, obviously there was hard moments, but I don't think either of us 
really wanted to crack. Um, mm-hmm. We had, Like we said, we had different areas where like for you, the smoking weed was like super hard. I don't ever smoke like occasionally, what, maybe once every few months with clay, I'll have like a hit, but I just am not like a smoker. So for, for me, that part is like really easy. But yeah. then for me to get to the gym every day, like that's really where I have to look at my calendar and be like, when am I going to do this? Get your tennis shoes on, go and get it done. Like our gym closes at eight. And I know that I have to have at least like a 35 minute hard workout every night. And sometimes I'll be sitting in the parking lot and it's like 7.15 and I'm like, oh, get your ass in there. And I know that Clay is inside being like, bitch, you better get in here. No, I literally <laughs> never, never have I thought that. You always come up and walk in and I'm always amazed. I mean, I like, I'll go for two hours. That's just me. That's who I am. But you'll come in there and you'll hammer out a crazy workout. You'll tell me after. And I'm like, what are you talking about? That's what you did. I watched you. You came up and said hi to me and you got there and it was 737. <laughs> you did that in 23 minutes? What? I'm just, that's crazy. Like, yeah, I did 100 reps of this. And then I went and did the runs in between. And then I went and did 100 reps on the abs. And I did that six times. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> That doesn't make sense. How'd you do that? <laughs> That's. I think that goes to show like, I mean, I like doing the workout, but the time for me, you know, as a girl, it's a little different. Your hair gets sweaty. You have to wash it. I have to wash my face, do all these things. And so I'm like, I'm just trying to get in there and be efficient and get out. And you love it so much that you're like, oh, this is my evening. Like this is, this is my hobby. This is fun for me. Yeah. And so at the beginning, I used to compare myself to that so bad. Like I would be like, this guy probably thinks I'm like such a lazy piece of shit. Like he's been at the gym since 530. And then I just come in and I dip right out. And then I just had to get over it and be like, he doesn't care. Like he's in here doing his own thing. Just like everyone else at the gym is doing their own thing. No Mm -hmm. one cares what you're doing literally at all. It's all subjective. And yeah, and it's all in your head if you are thinking you're afraid to like go on the squat machine. Because when I first started there, I was like, Clay, I need you to show me how to use these machines. Like, and there's this Olympic weight room. And I was like, I can't even go in there. Like before you went in and walked me in there, I was afraid. I was like, I can't go in that room. That's for the big strong guys. Like That's not for me. Today I went in there and squatted and you weren't even there. Like now I don't even think anything of it. The only person that's going to look at somebody and judge is, you know, is really just a douchebag in the gym, in my opinion. Like everybody's there just trying to get better. They're focusing on themselves. Like even if somebody's doing something wrong or whatever, it's like you could either be upset that that person's doing something wrong or you can be happy be like that person made the effort they made the attempt and they're here like the thought isn't only there the effort is there and like effort in this world is everything so the the fact that if you see somebody that's doing that's in there putting in the work even if they're not you know a hundred percent adept at what they're doing like well we all got to start somewhere you know you got to start square one you don't just get a jump to square 10 and be a pro at squatting or any movements that it is in the gym. Like you got to do the work to get to where you want to go. Do you have any advice around getting into fitness in general? Like it comes so naturally to you now, but there are some times where you've taken like a few months off or whatever, when you decide that you're going to like get back into it, what's your thought process like? Yeah. Um, my thought process might be different than a lot of people. Like I, since I was in seventh grade, I have lifted at least four to five days a week. I've been in programs with strength coaches. Like I have the knowledge base that's there and like it is, it's very intimidating to go and push yourself with iron. If you don't have the knowledge base, like our bodies are complex things. So my idea might be a little bit different, but like me personally, I just know how my body feels when I'm 
I'm not doing anything. And like, it feels really good. Like eventually you need to give your body a break. But like in those times that I've taken a month break, like I know what my body's capable of and I know how far I can push my body. And when I see myself at so far behind of what my body's capable of, like, again, it's good. Like my joints have less strain and like my knees don't hurt as much and my lower back might be looser on a day-to-day basis. But like, I just really like the mentality and the grind of saying like, I can make my body do this. Like when my mind wants to shut it off, I can force myself to go past that and say like, no, you know that you can take more strain than this. You know that you're capable of bigger things and better things than this. And to be able to get to that point and then accomplish it and on the point of exhaustion, be laying there and say like, I'm so tired right now. I don't even think I can move my legs. But then you think, but I did it, right? Like success in this world is one of the most intoxicating drugs that there is. Like the minute that you find success and feel success, like you don't want to go back to being a failure at something again. Like when you start to make money, you don't want to go back to being broke again. So I've like pushed my body to that point and I know where it's at. So that's kind of my motivation is when like, it sounds so egotistical, but when like I look at myself in the mirror, like when we went to South America and I didn't lift for months on end, like we got back. I, when I would take a shower, I'd be like, you're a skinny little bitch right now, man. (laughs) that's not okay with me. And that's not how everybody has to think about it. You know, like best advice that I can give is fitness is subjective. If you're out and you're walking five miles a day, props to you. Cause I don't walk more than one mile a day. So in my mind, I'm like, that's really cool that they're way ahead of me than I am right there. You know, while that person's looking at me and be like, Oh my gosh, look at him in the gym and he's lifting weights. Like, no, I'm thinking the same thing right back at you. Like everybody has a different idea of what fitness is. So all it is, is take that first step, have the mindset of wanting to better yourself from a physical standpoint. And don't put a limitation on yourself. Like I have to go to the gym and lift weights, or I have to go find a sport, a pickup sport, like softball or a pickup soccer league or something. Like if you want to do yoga in the morning, you do yoga in the morning and that's your exercise for the day. And it's so much more than just like looking good. So many people get confused with the idea that like I do exercise to look good. No, you do exercise to feel good. And then when you feel good, you operate good. Your mind works at a better pace. Like you're happier on a day-to-day basis. Like those pheromones are being released regularly. And I think people just get it confused. Like, no, do it for you because it makes you happy and it makes you feel better on a day-to-day basis. And once you're able to find, like that's the first step is find what makes you happy from an exercise standpoint. Everybody's got to have something hiking out in the hills, like taking your dogs for a walk, waking up in the morning and stretching, doing yoga, going to a hot yoga class. Like there's so many different avenues of what fitness is out there. So find that, find what like you're interested in, what makes you happy, experiment, try different things. And then once you're able to find it, like just take that first step, say, I'm going to do this once a week, start doing it like once a week. And then once you get confident and start building that skill set, be like, okay, now I'm going to do it three times a week. And you really have to like keep yourself accountable words. Thank you. As I said, words are hard on this Wednesday. (laughs) You really, no one's going to do it for you. I mean, when we've come up with this challenge, like even with you, you and me, you know, if you don't go to the gym in a day, like I'm not going to, I'm going to be like, shame on you, babe. You didn't go to the gym today. Like, no, nobody's going to do that for you. It's it's you versus yourself. And that's the beauty about exercise is the only person that can make you better is you. And at the end of the day, when you can make your mind realize that trait and that dynamic, it's going to help you make leaps forward because then not only is it exercise that your brain's thinking that way, it's work, it's family, it's motivation. Like it's a compounding effect that I truly think exercise has a, a snowball effect on everything. I agree. 
that's definitely something you taught me is I wasn't taking the one hour to focus on fitness because I thought like, oh my gosh, I have to like focus on all of these other things in my day. But ever since I decided, no, I, and there's some quote, a one hour workout is 4% of your day. Literally. 4%. So do you think that it's like cruel to say like, if you can't make time, you're just like making excuses. Like, do you think no matter how busy your schedule is, like you can always make time? You can always find the 24 hours that you have in a day. And granted, I get about six hours of sleep a night. Some people might need more, but like even at the maxed out, you need nine hours of sleep. That is 15 hours in the day that you have to accomplish tasks. Most people have eight hours that they're working from a day-to-day basis. That means that you have 10 or seven. (laughs) I'm an accountant, Matt. That means that you have seven hours to accomplish all these other aspects. You're telling me that you can't find 30 minutes to go on a walk or an hour to go to the gym. Like it's such a minuscule time of the day. So it It's not about, oh, I don't have time. It's about, I don't want to make time. Yeah. And that's like where I was is I was convincing myself that I didn't have the time to do it. And now I'm like, okay, I have to do stuff for the podcast every week. I have to do stuff for the store every single day. I'm, you know, constantly trying to do all these things for other people in these interviews. And somehow once I started working out, I have more time in my day. It like, I used to spend hours like feeling bad about myself and trying to motivate myself to go to the gym or being like, oh, like just don't feel right in my clothes. Or like, you're just sitting there feeling like lazy in your chair Mm -hmm. and like grossed out with yourself. And all that time, if I would have just got my ass up and gone, like you said, for a walk, it does not have to be a hundred squats, like anything. And then you start to feel strong and stronger and stronger because even when, I mean, we've been dating almost three years now. I have never like, now I'm actually lifting like three to four days a week and I was never doing that until mm-hmm. this challenge. And now I just don't even think it's like that hard. Difficult. Yeah. And before I was like, how many times did I almost start crying at the gym when, when we first started dating and you were like giving me an actual workout, I would sit there and I'm like, I can't do it, babe. And I would be like, I'm just so stressed out. And I'd like start crying. Yeah. I never... I don't know why. I never I was like, so in my head. I like never let that fly. No. I wasn't like mean about it, but I was just like, it's okay. Crying's not going to do anything. Like <laughs> you're still here and you're still ready to do the work. Yeah. So let's not cry and let's just do the work. I was like, it's okay. Don't be straight. Nobody's looking at you. Nobody's judging you for not knowing how to do this movement. Like you're learning. Just keep doing it. Keep learning. But you can't do that if you're stressed out. And to your point, you feel like you have more time in the day than you're going because previously all those other activities that you had, well, the thought of, I don't have this time to go work out. Like you can never focus all of your attention on the tasks that you had at hand because you always had this thought in the back of your head. Like I should be going and getting some type of exercise. So it's detracting the value and the effort and the productivity that you could put towards those, hence making them take longer. Mm -hmm. Or it's like, if you have a clear mind and you can think only on your task, you can finish it in 30 minutes, but maybe you have that thought also in the back of your head that's taken away and it takes away 15%. Well, all of a sudden that task takes 40 minutes now. That's so true. You compound true. that by the multiple tasks that you have in the day. And then all of a sudden you're, you're making yourself not have enough time Yeah, and it's all in the power of the brain. And like not feeling guilt around it too, because now once I work out in a day, like if I come home and I like smash a big old handful of almonds and whatever, I'm like, it's fine. Like, yeah, I got my movement in today. I don't need to feel bad about like every, every snack I have. I and like, I don't need to feel bad about sitting in my desk all day and like designing this thing for four hours because I already, I know I'm working out. And another thing, which I've never even talked to you about, about this is I used to have anxiety about like gaining weight and being unhealthy. And also another reason we kind of started getting more into fitness is because when I turned 26, I didn't have health insurance. And with everything going on, I was like, well, my health insurance is going to be me taking care of myself. Still don't have health insurance. Me? Yeah. Yeah, I know. 
Yeah, I still, I still, <laughs> still don't have it because I'm waiting until we get married and then I'm going to get on yours. I know I got to, I got to mm. tie that knot. Mm-hmm. All for the health I'm insurance. doing it just, I'm doing it for your benefit. <laughs> but I used to like get anxious about like the future me and be like, oh my gosh, like I'm just going to end up like gaining all this weight and being unhealthy and like not being able to take care of myself and just kind of thinking about that. Mm-hmm. And now I sit there and I'm like, no, you go to the gym every day or you work out every day or you go for a walk every day and you eat good and you eat things that are good for your body and you're you're never going to let up on that. Like, it's just not an option. Absolutely. Like, of course, you're going to take care of yourself. It feels great. You feel better. Why would you not do that? Because I you made a comment the other day. You were like, I don't even remember exactly how you worded it, but you're like, if I ever hit to this certain size of pants, like pick my ass up and force me to go to the gym. <laughs> and I was like, okay, first of all, you're never going to allow yourself to get to that size. Like, cause you don't want to, because you've created that mental barrier in your head that you're just like, I will never get to this point. And yeah. when you're able to give yourself like a, not a goal, but like a counter goal, essentially like the, the goal that I don't want to hit. Well, then you're always going to do the activities that are keeping you from like getting to that point, getting you know? There. And that doesn't mean that I don't body positivity. Of course, like everyone can do what works oh, yeah, for them. For sure. I just know me and my own human skin sack. It doesn't feel good when I'm bloated, exhausted. My skin is breaking out that I'm heavier than the natural body weight that my body wants to be at. I don't feel good, which then affects absolutely everything in my life that affects my mood, that affects our relationship, that affects my creativity, my work. If I want to go out and hang out with friends, because then I'm just like, I don't look good in any of my clothes. Like, so that's fine. If other people feel super good and super confident in their own skin and size of whatever that is, I just know for me that there's a threshold of, I don't feel good past a certain point and it starts to affect all the areas of my life. Yeah, absolutely. Does that make sense? No, it totally does. And other people can totally operate in other ways. Like right now, for example, like I have absolutely no makeup on and I just don't care because I just don't like makeup, but that's fine. Cause like, I feel good this way. And then maybe for someone else, like they feel their best self when they are like wearing makeup. And I just kind of feel my best self when I'm in comfy clothes because it feels true to me. Yeah. So it's just, I think it's really just about finding, it's finding that happy whatever balance for yourself. works for you, whether that's through the food you're eating, through the movement in your body, through your work, your career, your relationship. Yep. For every single person too. Like, I don't know what it is. Everybody's got a different mentality of themselves in their own skin, how they feel, mm-hmm. the lifestyle that they want to live. But our bodies are these finite objects. Like from the day that we're born, they start breaking down. So you have to do something, whether it's nutrients that you're feeding your body, whether it's getting out and walking and moving your joints around. Like if you don't do anything that that concept of vitality is going to kick in real fast. And like, we're even noticing as we're growing, as we're getting older, like I'm like cracking. I'm like, my knees hurt (laughs) right now. Like, man, my back's really stiff here and it only gets worse, you know? Mm -hmm. So you got to find at least something because our bodies break down. Like there's a reason that we get old. There's a reason that we age. And if anything, don't you feel like you wish you would have started and known this stuff sooner? Because I'm like, why I'm 26. Like I spend the last three years drinking unnecessarily and not to say like, I'm going to be sober forever and I'm never going to drink again or anything like that. But I'm like, there was just so many unnecessary situations where I just like didn't have the mental fortitude to be active and like say no to drinking. Mm -hmm. And I feel that same way about tanning and 
high school. Remember how I used to tan? I was an oh, Oompa yeah. Loompa in high school. Oh yeah. I can't believe you thought I was cute. Maybe you didn't. You're like, oh, she's a little orange. <laughs> she's a little Oompa Loompa. <laughs> but now I'm like, oh my gosh, like I want to go and like shake 15 year old me and be like, you're going to get 16 moles removed. That's how many I've had removed now because you went in a tanning bed like an idiot because you thought it was cool to be orange. Yep. I should have never done that. And so now I'm like, want to encourage people like if you, if drinking is not serving you or if you're getting high every night and just turn like melting into the couch and it's not serving you stop sooner than later yeah like it's it's only going to perpetuate all of your problems like the longer you let that marinate and weigh on you and i feel like the longer you have those bad habits and the harder they are to break because that's all you've ever known oh yeah yeah and the first step is having the hard conversation with yourself like analyze your day-to-day activities and just like a pro con list determine what do i do that adds value to my life and what do i do that takes value away from my life and like we did that mm-hmm. you know for us personally smoking weed and drinking was value detracting activities there was no cut and dry there was no working away around it. it's like but you know i was so stressed from the week it's like no you just feel like shit the next day Mm-hmm. And then that makes, and then that hangover day. lasts for three days. And then the next it's all good. Oh, I need to take stress away. The work week was hard. Okay. Your Cycle. body is still being affected by that alcohol that you drank on Friday night on Monday. And guess what? You're back at work. So you're just starting yourself on a lower point. Like just determine those, val- those activities that are taking away value from your life. Oh, you should and say once- the thing about your whoop strap too. Oh yeah. If anybody wants any help, like helping them realize the life choices that you need to make to like help you live better and having tangible evidence to see that, like get a whoop strap or get some type of an analytic device. Like some people use Fitbit. There's certain watches that are out there. Whoop strap you have to pay for. There are watches that can do it for free, but what it is, is it's called heart rate variability and it's the beats in between your heart heartbeats and it's different every single time. So I won't even get into the whole specifics of like what it actually, how it's actually measured, but essentially a higher HRV means that your body is more recovered and you can like essentially take on more strain throughout the day. And the lower your HRV, it's your body saying like, I'm really tired. I'm really stressed out. You've done a lot of stressful things to me. Well, that means that you're less recovered. You're going to be more sore. Your mind's not going to be as, as active as sharp sleep and alcohol are two things that this thing has helped me just be like, wow, like sleep, everybody knows is pretty important, but I think alcohol, and we were talking about this the other night and like in, in society, it's just so normalized. Like evidence is all out there. How terrible it actually is for you. Like, and we know just it. Just look like at what the concept down. is. Like you're poisoning your body. Mm-hmm. Like your liver is working on overload in order to get this poison out of your body. Cause it's like, this shit is terrible for me. What are you doing to me person? Stop it. Mm-hmm. But it's just like it's been made okay. And I don't really understand why that's the case, but that's the way that it is. But everybody thinks it's okay because it's just like, oh, you can just have one drink, you know? First of all, no, one drink does so much to you. My HRV, if I have like a hundred percent recovered day, my body is perfect, ready to go. I'm able to max it out more than anything else. My HRV is right around like 155 and it's different for everybody. Everybody's HRV is different, but like just for me personally, 155, I can have one beer and everything else staying the same, the same amount of sleep, the same days off from the gym. If I take three days off from the gym and then my HRV is at 150 and then I get 10 hours of sleep that night and I wake up the next day, my HRV is 150. Same three days, taken off from the gym, 10 hours of sleep that night, drink one beer it will drop my HRV down 60, 70 points. All of a sudden I'm at a 70. And what it is, it's it's the stress. It's saying my body's really stressed. My liver is working overload to get this poison out of my body. So- Which then affects that's everything in your body. One beer. One like, beer. Think of how easy it is to have one beer. I've never even tried it. I'm going to have to try it with like one drink. What does one drink do to you? You know, if 
but it's crazy. But so this thing has helped me more than anything because it's super cool. It's got an app that you hook up to every day you wake up, tells you how your sleep went. And that's another thing like circadian rhythm. It Alcohol wrecks your circadian rhythm. It just throws everything off in your body out of whack. Yeah. Because you'll wake up with like after a night of drinking, like 17% recovery or something yeah. asinine. It'll show my normal sleep cycle. And so your normal sleep cycle goes awake, deep sleep, which is like your physically restorative sleep. Then it goes into REM sleep, which is rapid eye movement. And that's your cognitively restoring sleep. And then it goes into light and then back to awake. Like you should see the breaks based off your wavelengths of your brain throughout the night that they go like very aggressive for awake. And then all of a sudden they're very low and slow moving for deep sleep. And then they're really short and fast for REM sleep. And you can see the individual breaks when you say, here's where I hit light sleep. Here's where I hit REM sleep. Here's what I hit deep sleep. You have alcohol and all of a sudden like you should normally go through about four to five sleep cycles each night, like two, it'll give you two sleep cycles. So you're like, oh, so I slept eight hours, but 70, 75% of those eight hours was me being awake or in light sleep and doesn't do anything. It's the same thing as you sitting on a couch and relaxing, you know, your brain isn't working to recover its body. And it's literally, it's all because of alcohol. It's it's insane. It's crazy. And it makes you really not want to drink. I know. I think at a base minimum, like everybody should try and at least remove those activities from your week schedule, like your weeks when you should be productive. And to backtrack a little bit, like it's disheartening when say you tell somebody like, oh, I'm not drinking or like, oh, I'm in a sober period. Like it's very disheartening when somebody then like takes that almost personally, like you have a vendetta against them because they drink and you're deciding not to drink right now. It's like, no, yeah, I'm making this. Don't you this- think that we both experienced that? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. From friends being like, why would you do why that? Why are you doing that? It's like, I'm sorry. I think me personally, I think that it makes me a better version of myself. And I think we should all strive to want to be a better version of ourselves on a day-to-day basis. Like, yeah. I don't think anybody wakes up in the morning and says like, I was person, I was at 50% yesterday and I just really want to go back to 45. Like, I just want to be worse than I was yesterday. Nobody thinks that, but unfortunately we do these activities that make us worse versions of ourselves. Like Mm -hmm. when I smoke every single day, I'm a zombie. I don't respond to you. Like I I don't remember things. I I'm less cognizant of other people's lifestyles and, and what they need and how I can be, you know, like of assistance to them around me. I'm just a worse person when I'm doing it. So I'm like, well, I should probably not do that. And like at a bare minimum, I should not do that during the week. Like, be productive during the week. If you, if you want to go like have fun on the weekend, then like everybody's got to make their own, their own choice, you know, and make the own allocation of how they want to do it. But we've both just experienced like insanely aggressive, tangible benefits to cutting those type of value detracting activities out of our life. And not only are we cutting out value detracting activities, it's opening up time that we can Mm -hmm. fill with value adding activities. And I think that's where we went wrong last fall was we were like, okay, we'll do sober September but we didn't add any like Mm -hmm. thing in there to make it better. Like, so now it's like, okay, well we're doing this, but we get to drive BMWs now because we're working hard and not spending all of our money on tequila shots that we don't remember. Yeah, And like just another beer that literally didn't make a difference from beer six to beer seven. But yeah, I think moving forward, like you had brought up the idea that you maybe wanted to do like try and get a whole year of being sober, which like is incredible. I think that's so cool. And I will support you every step of the way. But like me personally, I was like, I don't really want to go like a whole year, but I definitely want to do like, like this weekend I have my buddy's wedding. And then the next weekend I've got a golf trip with my buddies, like definitely going to let loose and have fun on those. But then when we get back, like, I'm probably going to be like, Oh, well, I'm probably going to do another month of trying to go without it, you know? Mm-hmm. So like maybe do a month of not drinking or not smoking and then yeah, just see how let it feels. Loose, you know, let loose. Like 
I think for me, I think that I like will always need that outlet. Like it, it is, it's a way to re- like release in a way and mm-hmm. it, it's a negative, negative way to release, you know, but it's still a way to release. And so I think like theoretically, for me, see, you haven't read that book because yeah, well, you were talking to me about that the other night, you know, it tricks your brain into thinking that you're reducing your anxiety or your stress, but really it's just adding way more anxiety and stress later. Yeah. But that is a whole different issue. Like I do get like everyone has a vice and I'm just trying to, I think, find a vice that's less self-destructive. Yeah. Like if coffee is my vice, I guess, or if wasting too many hours journaling, like yesterday I had a really stressful day and Clay got home. I wouldn't say stressful. I was down in the dumps. I don't even know why I said stressful. I'm like pages. What? 26 pages. Yeah. And I literally showed him like coming through my journal and I was like, I had a lot to say. I was like, you're giving me anxiety flipping (laughs) through those pages right now. But it's good. Like I took my, you know, stress out or my fears and uncomfortableness or whatever out on paper. And like, I feel way better about doing that than like going and getting drunk and wasting money and then being hungover and feeling bad. Cause then after it's like, what? I wasted 26 pages. No, like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, is that, is that the worst that happened? Is, Those were beautiful I used words, too many actually. Paper? Yeah. Anyway, that's kind of where we're at with things. Um, did we have anything else that we wanted to cover? We talked about how we met, we talked about you and your fitness journey. Do you have any like funny stories or anything that we want to share? I'm getting a little bit of anxiety, honestly, about the fact that you were like, yeah, everyone was telling me to break up with her, but I feel like that was because we had different things and I wanted to move to New York. Not because I, I mean, it worst. was definitely when we were <laughs> like, it was the hardest part of our relationship because we were so young and adolescent in our relationship. And we were looking at these huge life choices, like moving to New York is a huge life choice. I didn't have a job lined up and I was like, well, I love her. So we're going to make it work. Probably not the smartest thing. And so I think that probably had something to like play with it and not everybody, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we just had a huge difference of opinion. And no, I know I was just getting anxiety because I'm like out of context, that's going to make it seem like I was being this like terribly bad, abusive girlfriend. Absolutely not. You should leave her. I, I smoked a lot of weed in high school and in college. And I always was very good at making people. I was not the true version of myself. Like I was who I thought people wanted me to be. And so I think that me doing that, like gave those people who were telling me those types of things an idea. They're like, I know who you are and you're not one to move to New York. You're not one to live that lifestyle. It's like, oh, nowadays they would think completely different because I'm way more open and I'm way more Mm -hmm. just true to myself. And I'm like, no, actually, I think it would be really fun. You know? Yeah. Um, You would definitely were way more. I was a chameleon. That's always the term that I put on myself. Mm -hmm. So like nobody really knew, I guess, like nobody really knew who I was. I was really good at just playing the situation. And Except me. I think I'm the first person that peeled back all of your layers. The thousands of them. And got you to open up. Yeah. And like the fact that you're on this podcast right now, three years ago, Clay, would could you even imagine doing this right now? I mean, even like one year ago. No, I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. You're just like so different. And that's not to say that like I like make you do this by any means. Um, I think we just have opened up to each other's interests and been like, oh, okay, maybe that's not that bad. Like I watch some of your like nerdy space shows with you and like them. And okay, then I start watching them. you loved The Expanse. Yeah, yeah, I know. And then I start watching them on my own. <laughs> there was a point where we were traveling in South America, <laughs> the travel guru, and we're in a hostel and she goes, do you want to go watch The Expanse? <laughs> I was like, wait, did you actually just say that? And we watched like, we binged it. It was like pouring rain that day. We did. We watched like 12 hours of The Expanse. And I was like, this is awesome. (laughs) I love watching all types of like movies, TV shows. Like it's definitely a vice of mine. 
and you always hated it. Like you just, you, yeah, you, found, it, you found it to be pointless. You were just like, I could be doing productive things, but instead I'm just sitting here like quite literally wasting time watching something like this isn't teaching me anything. I'm getting no value from this. And I completely understand that. Like, yeah, you're not wrong. But when you're like, you want to go watch the expanse? I was like, we're in, what was one of the three coffee towns that we were in? I think it wasn't, Sol- it was after Salento. Mm, it was Piora. Piora. Yeah. yeah. I was like, we're in the coffee triangle in Colombia right now. And you want to watch the expanse. I was, <laughs> mind, I was mind blown and ecstatic at the same time. I was like, yes, that is awesome. Let's do it. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's yep. a funny story. That is a funny story. I'm trying to think of any other hype things that I want to say about you. Like of you being a good boyfriend. Clay's super clean. He literally never leaves anything around the house ever. As far as us being independent, whenever we're like out with our other friends, Clay and I like never bug each other at all. And to the point where our friends are probably like, that is weird. That's definitely my, I should have said this earlier when we were talking about hyping each other up. That is the coolest aspect about you. Like it's never, where are you? What are you doing? I, what's your location right now? When are you going to be home? How long are you going to be gone? Like I could go hang out at Lindo's and be like, I'm going to, Lindo's one of my really good friends. Um, I could go hang out at Lindo's and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to go hang out with the boys and literally not text you. I could go at six. I could go at noon. I could go at eight in the morning and not text you for the whole day. And two o'clock in the morning would come around and maybe we went golfed. Maybe we were drinking all day. And then I fall asleep on his couch watching a movie and you will not only not text me being like, where are you right now? I can't believe that you're not home. But like, I will get home the next morning and be like, I'm so sorry that I didn't text you yesterday. I don't have words. Like I just, I resorted back to old clay and was bad at communicating. You're just like, Oh no, like it's completely fine. I knew that you were have, I wanted you to have fun with your friends. And like when two o'clock came around and like I was getting ready to go to bed after I was working, I literally just assumed that you were watching a movie and you fell asleep on the couch. And I'm just like, bless your soul. <laughs> you were maybe the only female that has that personality. Yeah. <laughs> At least not, not the only one, but the only one that I've ever met. So love, 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 love how, and it's not like you're not clingy or you're not, uh, no, that was the wrong way. You're not clingy at all, but it's not that you're like, don't care what I'm doing or anything. Mm-hmm. Just like you understand when I like, I'm going hanging out with the, like my friends you're just like, I want them to have a good time. And yeah, that level of trust is there. Like, yeah, and it's the same thing right back it. at you. I, when you were like in Marfa, you, you just got up and left yeah. And I'm just like, I know that she's living her best life there right now. And I want to keep doing that. And me texting her, I might, I might stress her out. Like maybe she's journaling right now. And then she gets a text from me and she has to stop journaling so that she can respond because you're obviously the type of person that cares enough to where you will respond, but it takes you away from your journaling. So like, we just have that mutual understanding with each other. I'm just like, it's okay. They're, they're just living their life right now. Like I'm not worried about them out being with another guy or another girl. Like that's just never even been a thought for us because we're both so adamant that like, cheating is the worst thing that we could ever do. Like there's, there's nothing that trumps that card. And we've always explicitly stated it. Like you can do a whole, you can do a lot of shit in this relationship. And it's like, maybe I'm not super stoked about that, but like, we'll get through it. But for both of us, it's like, no, you cheat. Like we're done on that moment. Like there's no working through it. I don't even want to work through it. Like that level of trust has just been broken and you Mm -hmm. can never get that back again. I really don't think you can like after that, because we've both been in relationships and had that everything is just different after you do that. Like it's just never worth it. No matter how much you want to just gone. Yeah. Work through it and how much you decide to re care about that person. I just feel like it can never be the same after that. Mm -hmm. And thank God we both feel that way. Yeah. 
and yeah, we hype each other up that that's probably our favorite characteristics about each other on a, on a day-to-day basis. And it, it accentuates everything else, you know, mm-hmm. like everything else is awesome because we know that we have that level of trust with each other. Yeah. Cause you don't have to worry about anything in the day. Like if you usually get home from work at five and you get home at nine, I'm like, I don't know, maybe you went to the grocery store. Maybe mm-hmm. he went for a walk. I don't know what he did. doesn't matter. Yeah. You're your own person. You don't have to like come to my beck and call and tell me every single thing you're doing at all points in time. And I don't need to do that. And if I want to go to Marfa and I'm like, maybe I'll be gone for five days. Maybe it's three weeks. I don't know. Love you. Love See you when I get back. I got to do this for myself. Yeah. Yeah. You and do. we've go always let each other travel alone since we first started dating. Like you used to go on those trips to like Colorado and mm-hmm. Montana and there would be no service there. And it was just like, okay, well, I'll talk to you in four days and hope for the best. But like, you're just doing your life. Like you're not going and doing those things in spite of the other person. No. And maybe that is like the common ground that we came to from the things I want to do is like, you don't want to go to Marfa and sit in the desert for three weeks. And I do. And I don't want to go hike in Montana for a week with a 70 pound bag on my back. And yeah, he's doing like a brain explosion thing. And so we're both like, then go do it and I'll support you, but I don't need to go with you. You just gave me like the biggest realization moment that I never thought about. I knew that that was the dynamic that we had with each other in our own relationship, but it is definitely 100% stems from the fact that like we both were like, we live completely different lifestyles. How are we going to make this work? I don't know, but we're going to make it work because I love you. And that's the most important thing. Words that we said, literally, that's the reason that it is why. we're so trusting of each other to go live like our own lives because we know like, no, I know that they're willing to do whatever it takes to make this relationship works. We both know that the only thing that will make this relationship not work is breaking that level of trust. And we both know that in order to be the happiest, the other person has to go do the other activities that we that ourselves really don't want to do like with them because we live different activities. Like I just had a trifecta yeah. of realization happen in my brain and I loved it. It really is why like, I'm like, you can golf five days a week. I don't care. Like, I'm not going to go with you. I don't like maybe once, I think maybe one time I was like, I kind of want to go with you. And then of course that didn't work out that day. And, but like you have gone on all of these trips of things that just like genuinely didn't really interest me. And I've done the same. Yeah. And we've also gone on a lot of trips together that have mutually interested us. But I think that is a really good advice to someone is like, if your boyfriend wants to go do something or your girlfriend, like let them, you don't have to do every single thing together. We still are our own people so much. Yeah. And especially if you're going to not have fun doing that, then you're just going to take the fun away from them and doing it. Like, and we have had situations of seeing other couples have that where that person did just try to go along and be a good sport. And it's like, do you should have just stayed home? Yeah. You made it worse for yourself and everyone involved. <laughs> yeah. And it just creates tension. It's yeah. Like, well, don't, don't do that then. Yeah. Like why pay for it? Why put yourself through it? Why take the days off work? Go use your PCO for something you want to do. It's asinine. <laughs> yep. Boom. There we go. That's Boom. a good ending note. I do like that. We connected all of our dots, but yeah. Thank- you can live your own life while being in an awesome relationship with your significant other. Absolutely. Boom. Boom. I love you. I love you too, babe. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Stop thanking me for coming on. It was my privilege to be here. Seriously. Well, Kara, hopefully we did a good enough job. Someday Clay and I will bounce to a different country and a different continent and you and Connor can take the mic. Take the spotlight. (laughs) Yes. But um, yeah, well, that's a wrap for episode 19. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye. See ya. 
Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Already Friends. It means the world to us that you are listening, liking, subscribing, and following us on Instagram. We are really trying to build up our rating in Apple Podcasts. So if you could leave a review, we are a review and a rating. We are doing a giveaway at the end of the year for AirPod Pros. So Kara is going to tell you how you can enter that giveaway. Yes. So to be entered into this giveaway, you need to leave a five-star rating and review on the Apple Podcast app. Go ahead and click five-star, write a little snippet about what you're enjoying with the podcast, and then screenshot that and send it to our Instagram at We're Already Friends. That way you'll be entered. We'll see it. And yeah, we're doing the drawing at the end of the year. So again, thank you for your support. It really means the world to us and it lets us keep doing what we're doing. Yes. Thank you guys so much. We'll catch you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.